Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Armor Report. It's 8.30. I'm trying something a little bit different tonight. We're going to do... Um, we're going to have a discussion. We're going to try for some armor education. We're going to go over some issues about volatility. We're going to talk about cannabis. So this is the stock market investing end of day review with the Armor Report. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal, founder of the ArmorReport.com, ARMRReport.com. Now, I might be a little bit slow tonight, kind of mellow. So I'm a dad, and I was spending time putting the kids down. But I figured before I wrap up my evening, I'd spend some time chatting with you. Um, the Armor Report was created for you, the individual, managing your own capital, but understanding the, the, the importance of what you're doing. It's not easy. And so if you value information, you want to learn how to get that information then perhaps the Armor Report's right for you. And if you want, you can subscribe to this channel. You can subscribe you know, to the Armor Report down here. Take a look, see if it's something for you. Um, what I want to do tonight is, you know, we're going to go over the stock market. I decided to do a um, show tonight because it was a, a pretty important last couple of days. We dramatically changed our Armor portfolios in the last 48 hours. And... Um, I wanted to share with you the direction we're going, why we're doing that, what we think is going to happen to the market going forward. Then we're going to jump into some chart patterns, look at why we chose the stocks we chose. We're going to talk about volatility. I was having a chat, hopefully a respectful one, on stock twits today with a couple of gentlemen who maybe don't quite understand um, how we use volatility here to help us manage our risk and capture upside when the windows open. So I'm gonna show you how we use volatility to do that. And of course, we're gonna get on the cannabis couch and it's cozy on there right now. I mean, it feels good. <laughs> this is um, something we've all been doing together. Um, certainly for three years, we've been uh, focused on this space, but in a real aggressive way, you know, we skipped the big downturn using our algorithms to protect capital. And then we stepped up big time um, last year We've had a real nice run in the portfolio, and it's one of the largest exposures in our portfolio as a group. So I want to share with you how we're doing that, why I think it's moving. And then I'll get to some Q&A if I can. Now, don't forget, I'm simply sharing information that I use to manage my own personal capital. So the Armour Report and the Armour Investing Way is a process of managing capital to capture upside when you can, but to protect capital first. Armor stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. It's about managing risk first, then we capture upside. And so these three portfolios that I reveal to you are literally portfolios that represent my own capital. So I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you what stocks to buy. I don't know you. I couldn't do that. Um, I don't know your risk tolerance and those things. But I can share with you my experience in 35 years of doing this. So I'm going to share my successes and my failures and hopefully make you a better investor and trader over time. As you, if, I, if I said there was one thing that you want to try to take away from all this, 
It's the need to put yourself on the side of probabilities and statistics over and over again when you're investing and only do it when rewards worth the risk. And you can figure out reward and risk. Of course, we use algorithms. I share that information with Armor Insiders, subscribers. You can consider doing that if you wish down here and just click on the link to the Armor Report, ARMRReport.com. But you can do that on your own by simply buying right. You buy close to your stop. You use stop losses. And for us, it's a three-stage process. We build our whiteboard first of all of the fundamental names we want to own. So we're ready to go. They're like a stable of stallions. And we're going to let them out of that, that, that barn when the time is right. Okay? And we know what to ride. Then we use algorithms to tell us when to execute. That's information I provide throughout the trading session um, to Armor Insiders. And then we use a stop-loss discipline. Now, I share my discipline with you. I share what works for me. But the object here is to create a process and keep executing that process. I'm not a carnival barker like a lot of guys on YouTube telling you, buy this stock. It'll go up tomorrow. It'll go up huge. Let's squeeze the shorts. That's not a long-term way of managing capital. That's gambling. It's lots of fun. If you have a couple dollars you want to throw at it, have at it. Right? But we're managing millions of dollars here, right? So we're trying to protect the capital that we've worked hard for and then make that money work hard for us. That's the process here. I like to say the quickest way for you to increase your success as an investor, the fastest way to make money in the next 12 months is to stop losing money. Master that first. Then we'll start figuring out windows of opportunity, when to put money to work, and you capture upside. So without further ado, let's dive in. I'm going to take care of these pictures here. Okay, look. I'm on this call tonight to share with you that the window opened for us to commit capital. Armor insiders are aware of this. Markets sold right off to Friday. Monday morning showed up. And in the Monday morning call with Armor Insiders, I said, look, market's gapping up. We're going to look for a sell-off at the open. The market, if, if this happens, if it closes the VWAP gap, I'll show you that in a minute, we have a stable of horses we want to own. If we get the right setup Monday morning, we're going to put a lot of capital to work. And we did. And I'll walk you through the stocks we invested in. And I'll show you the chart pattern so you can see why. And then if that works, if we've earned the right to take more risk, we'll put more money out today, which we did, and maybe a little bit more out tomorrow, and we'll be completely set in our portfolio. And we'll begin managing success, which means we'll book profits at targets. We'll, we'll make sure we monitor our stop losses to reduce exposure if this particular entry point starts to fade. And that's the process we execute over and over again, putting ourselves on the right side of probability. So let's hop into it. Let's take a look at the market itself. We'll get to Disney in a minute. So we have the Armor Index only portfolio. You guys who listen and chat with me on Saturday know 
But that sell-off on Friday put us into a 75% cash position in our swing and armor invest portfolios. We have three portfolios. But I told you on Saturday that the armor index-only portfolio, all it does is buy the top seven indexes, the S&P, the NASDAQ, the Dow, the small cap, the value, momentum, and the IBD 50. Those seven cover the entire investing spectrum for us. So we've written algorithms for those seven. And when they work in unison, they tell us when to be putting out capital, when to protect it. So I, said to you, I said to you on Saturday, only the Dow had been stopped out. So we had 85.7% long in that portfolio, only 14.3% cash. And I said to you, this is the moment. This is the juncture. We sold off right to the 50-day, this black line on the S&P. If it holds the 50-day, okay? I said to you, if it holds the 50-day, in all likelihood, want to get long the market. And so on Monday, that's precisely what happened. Now let's look at the market on Monday. Okay, this was Friday's low right here. Now what you're looking at is a three-minute chart. So this is a daily chart. So every bar is a day. The blue bars are up bars. The red bars are down bars. Same color scheme, but every bar is three minutes. So this is a bit of an education video. If I say something that you don't get, you don't understand, guys, please ask me, and I'll walk you through it. Okay, I know a lot of you are new to this, and so there's time for you to ask questions if you've got them. If something I say doesn't make sense, there's no stupid questions, right? Everybody had to learn at some point. So the volume-weighted average price is right here. Now, the VWAP is the real price of the stock, if you ask me. And everything above or below it is the price that individuals are paying who don't really understand VWAP. So what we're trying to do is we want to look for action around the volume-weighted average price, buy as close to it or below it if we can, and then let it rip higher and let other people pay up for it. That's the idea. Um, so what happens here on Monday is we gapped up. See, this is this line right here is the line in the sand that says Friday closed, Monday opened. So we opened higher than we closed in the Monday morning meeting, which I have a meeting every morning with Armor Insiders, subscribers. And we look at these charts and we go over what's our game plan to start the day. We do that at 830 at 9:30, 9:20 really. I start sharing my day trading screens. And for the first two hours of every morning, I share with Armor Insiders what we're doing step by step, when we're adding positions, whether or not we're taking losses on stops, what have you. Okay? So what I said Monday morning was, here's the gap up. We need to sell off to test the VWAP. We want to see it go back to the prior day's VWAP. If it holds, we're going to be getting long a whole bunch of stocks. So as you can see, it's exactly what it did. Okay, the price came right down to prior day's VWAP and stopped on the S&P. And all the other indexes looked re relatively the same. And so the object then is to put positions on as we break above the VWAP, which was right here around 1030. The market sold off a bit, but held at a higher low. We got more aggressive on the second break, which was at 1109. And it was off to the races on the market. Okay, and today was a gap and go day. 
as you can see, I call this a gap and go day. It gapped up and this time did not test the stop. That's how you know you're in a real bullish market. You have the reversal day, the prior day, Monday, and then the next day, the follow through day is a gap and go day. It doesn't test. And that's what happened. Now, very often you'll find that the market closes right back down at the VWAP. It's like a magnet. It pulls it right back down. So let's go over now. I'm going to share with you all what were our favorite positions and what our philosophy is. I'm not comfortable with the stock market. If you heard me talk about this on, on Saturday, there's a lot of behavior going on that's terrible in the market. Um, you know, this is an old, this is an old uh, story, but I'm going to share it with you. I've been managing money for 35 years, right? So um, every single cycle, it's the same. When I go to a cocktail party or I talk to friends, okay, or talk to acquaintances, people I meet in the beach, what have you, they find out, what do you do? I'm just, oh, I, I manage money. I manage my own capital. I do it for a living, right? I know I'm at the bottom of the market when none of those people want to talk to me. They literally walk away from me like I have a, a plague. Maybe that's a bad example right now, but they walk away from me, right? They don't want to talk to me. That's like last year in March, in like late March, nobody wanted to talk to me, right? And then, you know, in April, May, June, July, I bump into the same people on the beach. I'm walking the dog, right? We got a new uh, sheep-a-doodle. She's adorable. I go for a walk on the beach. I have friends out there. Hey, you're the guy who manages his own money, right? You're, you're the armor report. Uh, what's going on with the market? They all, all of a sudden, they all want to talk to me, right? Now I go and I walk on the beach, and these exact same people come up to me and tell me what stocks I should be buying. Okay? That's where we are in the market. And that's always right near the top. And I mean no disrespect, okay, to anybody. But that's always right near the top. Now, the top is a funny thing. It could be two months from now. It could be two weeks from now. I don't know when it's going to happen. We'll only know in retrospect. So we use a invest, an investing philosophy, a process, the armor investing way, and we use stops, and we don't try to predict. We keep committing capital. If the algorithms tell us we need to be invested. So... What I can do as an intelligent human being who's been doing this for a long time, I'm not going to get in the way of the algorithms, but I am going to say, what am I willing to put in the portfolio? And at this stage, I want the majority of my portfolio to be big cap tech stocks. This is where money flows when the street gets nervous. This is where institutional capital goes. If you watch bull markets and the way they peak, you get wild behavior in concept stocks that have no earnings and no revenue. And let's be honest, no prospects of ever turning a profit. But they're wonderful concept ideas. Hey, man, we're all going to Mars. You know, this little scooter is going to get everybody everywhere in the world and no one's going to use a car or whatever. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Back in the Internet boom, it was a sock puppet telling you to buy dog food online company went bankrupt, but it sure was cute at the Super Bowl, okay? So during this phase, institutional money, which, by the way, is forced to stay 100% invested or 90% invested all the time. It's like a mandate, pension plans, profit sharing, they, they can't take 
money out of the market like I can or you can personally. But what they can do is rotate to safety. And if you look at the chart patterns that are breaking out right now of fabulous bases, they're all the big names. So let's go take a look, and you'll see why we were adding these names to the portfolio. I'm just going to show you a couple we don't own right now, but I want to show it to you anyway, because look at the Amazon chart pattern. Perfect pennant forming. Stock breaking out. If you don't see the pennant, let's draw it together. You draw the tops. Forget about the earnings announcement tonight. I'm just looking at chart patterns right now of quality companies. There's a pennant. There's a breakout. How about Google? Google's a beautiful cup. Handle. Maybe another cup and a handle. Breakout. Stocks gapping up on earnings. Okay. Let's look at Microsoft. And now this is an armor portfolio holding. This chart pattern. These are big Big chart patterns with explosive potential. This is a pennant. It doesn't get more clear than that. And this company had blowout earnings. Let's go to Netflix. Okay, this is a classic four up and out. One, you can see it, right? I don't even have to write this out for you. Two, three tests of the same area. The fourth was a blowout on earnings. And the only reason why the stock is down here is because the market sold off right after earnings. So it comes down and closes the gap, holds the uptrend. There's your entry point. Now, what makes a good entry point? But first of all, chart patterns aren't, um, let's understand what they are for a minute. And let's understand what they're not. What they are is a representation, a graphic representation of the war that's going on between buyers and sellers. That's what they are. And so when I draw all these fancy lines and I say things like four up and out and everything, what I'm really saying is there's a battle going on on Netflix. There's buyers and sellers and it's raging, okay? It races up to this price level and the sellers come in and knock it down. And the buyers make another charge. And it gets knocked down. And again, a charge, knocked down. And then here on a solid earnings announcement, there's a breach in the wall. And the sellers came again and knocked it down. Okay? So we don't know which way it's going to go. But when it goes, I mean, typically this is a very bullish pattern. It doesn't guarantee anything, though. If this thing breaks out below the low of this day, it's over. The pattern's dead. The stock's going down. I'm not going to sit and hold Netflix, but I look for patterns like this because it generally means the buyers are winning. And if we take out the top of this line right in here in the next couple of days, this thing should take off and run if the whole market's going to go. So the only way technical analysis works and helps us is if you put them the pieces together. You need to do your fundamental research, listen to conference calls, read the reports, understand the gravity of the earnings beat, if there is one, or miss if there is one, right? Then you use your chart patterns to tell you where's the line in the stand that the battle's being drawn. And if it breaks one way or the other, you're on that trade. 
Now, we use algorithms to help us execute and find entry points before. Like, I don't like to pay up for it, okay? I wasn't out there buying Netflix up here this day. I've been waiting for the entry point. We got it right down here on Monday. We're long the asset. We're making money. Um, here's another example of a four up and out on a massive scale. This is Illumina. You can see one, two, three is right here. It tried to break out and the, the pandemic caught it. So it drove it back down. And this is four up and out in a massive way on Illumina. And we're along this asset. We bought it right in here. This is what I want to show you this because it's going to get to a couple of other chart patterns. This is my favorite pattern. I like to see a downtrend in a quality pattern. So I want to buy weakness in the midst of strength. This is a graphic representation of that. We were buying this asset right here. It ripped higher, took a break, had a three bar reversal, shook us out because we had an aggressive stop loss. All right, but one of the things I love to do, when I get stopped out of something, I don't throw it in the trash bin. I put it at the very top of my whiteboard to see what happens next. If the stop gets hit and the asset doesn't go lower but then immediately reverses, oh my goodness, I put the position right back on. Sometimes I'll double the position size because I know from that behavior that it was just a shakeout and the buyers are in control. And so what we see is an immediate reversal higher and the thing rips higher and we added this position and boom, the stock's going a lot higher. And, you know, that's a four up and out signal. Now let's look for patterns that look like Illumina, but let's catch them down here. I'm going to show you two of them that we added recently. CRM, salesforce.com. I love this idea. You got to do your own homework, guys. Do some due diligence here. Find out why the stock is down. Was it an earnings problem? No. The company bought Slack. It made an acquisition. This is an earnings blowout right here. The stock consolidated the blowout and then made an acquisition. The stock gapped down. Made a double bottom at this green line, which is the 200-day moving average. Breaks the downtrend you want to be long. Now, we're using algorithms, okay? So we're long the stock here. I'm not buying it on the breakout today. I bought it on Monday. Armor Insiders were adding it on Monday. Okay, but it's only a day late here. I mean, I'm not, you know, I just like to catch it inside the pattern. I don't like to catch it after it's broken out. But sometimes I do. You know, sometimes I do. And if I pay more for it, if I were to buy it today, the real stop loss on this situation is going to be the day prior. And this brings me to my next point. You need to use stop loss discipline. You have to marry it. So you have your whiteboard of ideas you want to own. You use what I use algorithms for my entry points. If you don't have algorithms, you can join the armor report. I'll share them with you. Or you could come up with your own trigger strategy. And then you marry that with a stop loss discipline. My favorite is to use the low of the day I bought it. I challenge you. Go look at all your best ideas last year. Go look at the day you bought them. How many of them challenged the stop? If you bought them right, they never went down. So, what you want to try to do is buy right and use a tight stop because if it takes that out, you know there's something wrong with the situation. The odds of making money on that trade, that investment, decline dramatically if you buy it and it immediately it takes out your tight stop. And if you say, well, that happens to me all the time, then I submit to you, you're not buying right. 
How do you buy right? Start looking for patterns like this, tight to the base, and buy in that little base right there so you're not paying up for it. Here's another idea. We added this today. Zoom video. I love this story. The company did a secondary right here. It held the secondary for a month, didn't break the deal price, breaking the downtrend now. So those are some ideas of what we added to the portfolio. And I just wanted to share with you, since on Saturday, I was fairly negative and had a lot of cash in the portfolio. Over the last two days, we've gone from 75% cash in the swing and the invest portfolio to about 10%. And that 10% is already earmarked for new ideas. It's getting long in the tooth, this conversation. So let's just skip over to the cannabis couch real quick. And here's an example of also something that this is, this is YOLO. This is, you know, absolutely beautiful pattern. Just a tight pullback right to a, a moving average. Okay. We added the position yesterday. We doubled it this morning before the run and the thing exploded. Okay. Same with MSOS. We had reduced our exposure. We bought it originally right down here. Okay. It ripped higher. On this reversal down, we cut the position back just to our core holdings to see what would happen at the 25-day moving average. It held. So we increased the position on Monday and doubled that position this morning before the rip higher. Okay? Some of our favorite chart patterns there. I love buying stocks that have gone through the secondary offering phase and have raised capital. This is what happened to Village Farms. It gapped down here. They priced their deal. It held the 25-day moving average. Stock's blowing out. Now, you can do any type of investing you want. Right now, for me, I feel that the reason cannabis is exploding here is that the story is gaining steam faster than even I realized. Is it possible that the politicians are going to get this right and we're going to see real constructive change earlier in 2021 as opposed to later. I don't know. These companies are having blowout numbers anyway. I don't know. But if the street starts to believe that there's going to be a descheduling of cannabis, these stocks are going dramatically higher. I mean, look, we've been on this story for three years. I'm the first to tell you when I go to cash, okay? May of 2019, I sold every single cannabis stock. Don't believe it? That's the beauty of YouTube. You can go look it up. I told everybody something's wrong. I don't know what the matter is, but I'm going to 100% cash here. I'm stopped out of everything. The stocks dropped 50%. We started putting money back to work in the space. I like this chart the best because it's just a beautiful example. Okay. One of the things I love to do is buy the first pullback to the 50-day moving average. The original breakout, we're looking now at um, TrueLeave, but you could look at any of these names. TrueLeave broke out back here in May. I was not on that initial move, I'll be honest with you. I don't mind missing that first move. What I like to buy after the first move this, this first move tells me that institutions, and, and not in this case, but 
big money is starting to roll into a space when it blows out of the original base. So I don't mind if I miss the first move, but what I do mind is if I miss the second. Okay. So what I'm doing is buying the first pullback to the 50 day moving average. That was the day I started money back to work cannabis in a major way. That was, that was just October. And we've had an unreal rip higher. Politicians are going to get this right. This group move is going to be unreal this year. So how am I playing it right now? I have two big positions in my portfolio, YOLO and MSOS. I'm not cherry picking right now. Feel free if you want to cherry pick. Have at it. Do your thing. Okay? That's not for me. What I want to do right now is I want to focus on owning the group. I think as these stocks go a lot higher, there's going to be secondary offerings that put pressure on individual names here or there. I don't know what the landscape will be like when the rules change. I don't want to own a stock and have the rules change on cannabis and that particular asset suffer from that rule change. I don't know which stock is going to have a problem. So for me, until we see what the new legislation is, I just want to really own the ETFs. I want to own them all because I think it's a group move that, that will give me protection on the downside from single stock risk and make sure I make money on the momentous decision to change legislation. Then what I'm going to do is add spokes around the wheel, the hub of the wheel, when deals are announced. And truly, we've just announced, I think yesterday, that they filed a $250 million shelf. That doesn't mean they're doing a deal yet. It, it, they could take months to do that deal. But at some point, they'll do a deal. And typically, the stock comes down when there's dilution. I don't want to own the one stock that announces that. What I want to do is own the stock after they've done the deal. Like buying, let's say, Village Farms after the deal's done and find support by Village Farms. I like the management of YOLO and MSOS. I think those guys know what they're doing. I can see what stocks they're buying. It makes a lot of sense to me. So that's where I'm going with my cannabis positions. But boy, I love what's going on. Um, the rumblings out of Washington, D.C. are pretty impressive. So um, before I wrap up, I know it's late here, and I'm going to let you ask some questions. I like to buy the first pullback to the 50, I said. So let's end on the Disney chart that I was sharing with you. Disney broke out of the base right in here, ripped higher. The reason I'm buying Disney is it came back and tested the 50-day, and we bought it Monday, Okay. Before the pop today, we bought it Monday, tight to its base, buying the first pullback to the 50. It's one of my favorite setups. Now, I'm just going to end on this one thought here on VIX, okay? I had this discussion with some guys on Twitter, stock twits, whatever. I'm not exactly sure they understand what I'm talking about. They're doing their own thing. Um, we use VIX every day to help us understand the direction of the market that day. Now, these gentlemen feel like it was coincidence that we got it so right recently. Um, and I would submit to you that if that's coincidence, then at the Armour Report, we have a lot of coincidences when it comes to using VIX to help us capture upside and manage risk. 
There's just a lot of coincidences are going on at the armor report. So let me show you what we're looking at. I'm using VIX. It doesn't make a difference if I'm using the futures or what. I'm just using the ETF to help me with an understanding of direction. And what I said to everybody on StockTwits and on Twitter, if you guys were there yesterday, I said yesterday that we needed to see VIX drop below 20 VXX. And if that were to happen, it would trigger follow through today. I put that tweet out back here when VIX was trading above 20. It was $20.20. I said, we need to see it go below 20. It did. And I wrote another tweet and I said, guys, we have to close below 20. If it does, it would suggest follow through tomorrow. That's some pretty major follow through as VIX closes around 18 today. And it's no surprise to us that the stock market was a gap and go day. It's not coincidence. It's just knowledge. I like to say, this is, a, this is something that you can read in Forbes magazine. At the beginning of every Forbes magazine is this quote, with all thy getting, get understanding. So we look at VIX and we made a lot of money on VIX, okay? We used VIX calls. We were buying VIX calls in the consolidation here. And when it popped, we sold our position. We sold it Friday. That's this day right here. Right here we sold it. Booking our profit. Two reasons why. Number one, don't forget why you own VIX. I owned VIX because I was fully invested and I needed risk management. By the end of the day, Friday, I had 75% cash. I'm not in the business of being short the market. I don't need VIX. So that was an easy call to book some profits. Why did I book all the profits? I booked them all because VIX has a tendency to rally for three or four days and then die unless there's a pandemic or a financial crisis or something really egregious that is going to change the direction of the market. Just look right here. Same little run right here. Same little run right there. Even back here, one, two, three, four days, the whole move is over. It's a big day, but the move is over. VIX has a history of doing that unless you're in a pandemic. Okay? So if there had been a story unfolding that I thought was pandemic worthy, you know, um, if I thought it was uh, um, financial crisis worthy, I might have held it over the weekend. But a bunch of Robinhood accounts that can't trade their account is not a financial crisis. It's a software app that's been flooded and the management of the company doesn't know how to deal with their success. We have a market right now with a Fed that is willing to buy everything in sight. Do you think they're going to allow a Robinhood type of issue or a discount broker problem to derail all the hard work, I doubt it. And so I don't sit there and hold VIX. We book our profit. Now, the idea behind the VIX trade going forward is we're close to fully invested again. All right. So now what I'll look to do is put my VIX calls back on as it gets back down near the lows. 
preferably the whole market will blow out to new highs and this thing will come down and make new lows. And I'll be looking to buy it somewhere in the 12 to 13 area. But who knows? Don't hold me to that. All right, those are my thoughts for tonight. I'll give you a few minutes here to chat, and then i got to split. Any questions you have for me? Bruno, Brett, thanks for your time. Hey, man, glad to share. Um, what do I think about Wix and Overstock? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I just can't get behind Overstock. Every time I do the research on it, I just don't, I don't ever want to own the stock, but I can't argue with that chart pattern. I've been staring right at it. I've been looking right at that chart pattern saying, why am I not long this stock? Really, I should have been long right in here. It popped up. It's pulled back. You can get long here with a stop below the low of, of Monday. That would be my stop. It's got potential. There's no doubt about it. Wix, um, another good-looking chart pattern. Maybe I should do some work on Wix. I don't know. What's the edge there on Wix? I just can never figure out why... I want to own the stock, uh, Bruno, but maybe I do, you know. That's a brilliant chart pattern. You know, I don't know. A, a company that makes a product to help people build websites is just so, I don't know, 2008 to me. I don't know. What's the edge there? I don't know. But um, the charts look great. You've picked out two great charts there, Bruno. Uh, Ivan, may your, thank you very much. Benji, thoughts on Amazon earnings, Bezos stepping down? Well, I mean, um, I'll be honest with you. I traded that myself personally. Um, so I don't own Amazon right now, though. And I don't know if Bezos stepping down really matters. I don't know if it's really, um, I think the numbers looked pretty good. The earnings were pretty solid. Um, I don't. I don't think at this stage in the game that, you know, um, that it matters whether or not Bezos is running it. And I like that chart pattern, but I don't think I have any other information. Now I try to just share information that I have that's actually valuable. And I can like chat with you about Amazon, but there's no real information I have on Amazon, let's be honest. So it's just a chart pattern at the end of the day. And whether or not it holds and breaks out of that pattern or not, you know. Um, all right. Still in smaller tech names like Pinterest and, and, and uh, um, Teladoc. I, I branched out today into some other names. Um, I never sold Teladoc. I mean, that chart looks sick. So, um, I mean, look at that chart. That chart is just unreal. And we bought this thing tight to the base. This is another example of buying right. We bought it right in here, right before it popped, right? So we already had a gain. The minute it popped out, we were making money. And now we're just riding this thing. You know, it ran right up to the fourth standard deviation above the VWAP. We booked a little bit of a profit there. You can easily add to it right here. It looks great, you know. And at some point, I'd like to get shares of ONEM because it's the same basic story. But um, I've missed that boat at the moment. Pinterest, you know, Pinterest is announcing earnings in a couple of days. That's a beautiful looking double bottom right at the 50 day moving average. If you're willing to hold it in the earnings, it's, you know, it's the right chart pattern. So, yeah, we were adding today. So we started day one and put a lot of capital to work in the big cap names where we're very comfortable. CRM, 
Disney, you know, um, Apple, Microsoft, you know, uh, Netflix. I mean, these charts were phenomenal and the earnings are, have been just blowout. So um, I feel like if I can't make money in those names, I'm not going to be making money anywhere in the market. All right. So I want those as like the cornerstone of the portfolio. Today, we branched out into some of our, <clears throat> excuse me, favorite disruptive growth stocks. Okay. So pick your favorites. doesn't make a difference, you know, if they're my favorites, but um, <clears throat> Teladoc is still in the portfolio. Got caught in the silver craze and loaded up at 10. Should I bail? Nah. What a bummer. Loaded up at 10. Well, I mean, it's not the worst looking chart. It's not over yet. It's just, you know, and truth be told, <clears throat> I put some positions on, albeit smaller than usual. So we had half position sizes on a couple of the ETFs. I had SILJ in the portfolio and I'm out of it already. I mean, you know, I'm just completely out of the position. That's a terrible reversal, you know, setup. And I think that <clears throat> I wish I was a louder voice. I feel like I failed all of you by not, you know, taking you by the coat lapels and saying, guys, there's no possible way that anybody on Reddit can squeeze silver. Okay. It's not even close to trying to squeeze GME. It's a completely different situation. So don't feel bad because I lost some money too. Doing something because we're, we understand that there's a ridiculous short situation going on in silver. It's ridiculous. But then again, it's been going on for months. And to think a bunch of guys on Reddit are going to flip that switch is a pipe dream. The only guys going to flip that switch are the guys that are in control of the asset when they're ready for the asset to go up. That's the reality. When they're ready for the asset to go up. You're dealing with an asset trading on an exchange. Don't forget in the 1980s during the Hunt brothers trying to corner silver. You know, you buy futures, you're using margin. People are using margin. And so what the exchanges, they just keep jacking up the margin requirements. And in the 80s, they just decided to make it a 100% cash market. And of course, the Hunt brothers couldn't meet the margin call and the whole thing imploded. So like, there's all kinds of shenanigans that go on. And, um, you know, I don't care if it's 3 million or 6 million individuals, you know, on Reddit, they're not going to squeeze silver unless the guys that are in control of the asset are ready for it to go up. What can I say? So should you hold it? That's a personal opinion because I, how do I know? The guys that want silver to go up, those big guys, when they're ready for it to go up, I don't know. Could They could be ready next week. I don't know. You know, the metals make you look dumb most of the time until you get it right and you have a huge score. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just, a, you know, it's best to buy the metals when they're down. I, I have to learn that myself. I've been trading the metals since 2005. So don't feel bad if you're in there. And I can't tell you what to do with your portfolio. I don't know you. I don't know what your portfolio looks like, what your risk tolerance is. I can't tell you how to handle that position. Lots of coincidences at the Armour Report. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. That's right. Just a coincidence. 
Did you stop out a Lumen? I got dinged on it. How did you get dinged on Lumen? I mean, we were buying. Well, you must have been dinged on your own, I guess. But anyway, I um, we, we owned Lumen a lot cheaper. We own it for the dividend. Okay, so we we bought it down in here. Um, truth be told, I've sold some of it. I've booked some profits on the. I didn't sell it up here. I really should have. I don't know why I waited. You know, but on this down day, I said, wait a minute. I just made a whole bunch of dividend payments in a couple of days. I'm going to book some profits. And I still have a position on in investing portfolios where I want to pick up, you know, a dividend. Right or wrong, I, I think this is a good idea. I thought it was a good idea before this ridiculousness. So, you know, um, there you have it. Faded Trader. Great call on VIX this week. Thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate that. Not everybody understands what we're doing here at the Armour Report, but that's why I'm out here trying to educate. Um, I know you don't jump on IPOs until they, um, they play ball at least six months. But I'm um, keeping a close eye on UPST. Oh, yeah, I, I'm going to keep an eye on that as well. And here's an idea for you guys to keep an eye on. I'm not buying this. I'm not buying this, okay? But put this on your list to look at. Urban Grow, it's a cannabis play. It's an engineering company that helps cannabis companies build out grow facilities. It uplisted from the pink sheets to NASDAQ today. It's supposed to be a $20 million deal. It was more than the $45 million deal. It's supposed to go to 4 to $8 or 4 to $7 a share. It went higher than that. So this is, a, um, this is an interesting idea to put on a watch list. I'm not sure I love the business model, but I don't think it necessarily matters at the moment. Eventually, if it's a decent company with quality management and the CEO comes from Cargill, so he's no dummy, he's a smart guy, it'll end up being probably added to some of these ETFs. So I'm going to be watching this to see if there's a pattern that sets up, and I might own that. So I put it on my watch list. Bruno, SDGR. Oh, am I missing that again? Yeah, man. I just blew it. This was the double bottom setup. <laughs> it doesn't get more obvious than that, and it should have been bought right here. They did their secondary up here, and it got whacked, but it made the double bottom right at the 200-day, and now it's on a run. I'm not paying for it up here. I should have bought it down here, and I didn't do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am expected upstairs. My wife is waiting for me. I'm going to keep your wife waiting. You know what I'm saying? So I'll see you all on the flip side. Have a great day trading tomorrow and a good night.